Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. This is Pastor Mike Barnett right here from the McLeansville Baptist Church, and Pastor Corey Cantrell is sitting right over there. Good morning. Good morning. Good to and, be here. And good morning to all of you listening, and thank you for being a part of this. What is now, I guess, effectively our second broadcast of Daybreak Devotions. Yes. And uh, But but already we're excited about it. I tell you, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. When Sergeant Carter crows at the opening of our program, I tell you, that'll lift your spirits. It fills you with warmth and joy. Whatever whatever problems you, you carried into this time slot, they just dissipate for a little while. It's just like people who have actual chickens and roosters at home, and you know your rooster walks right by your bedroom window at 4 a.m. and crows, and you're like, that's a beautiful thing. I love that. Now, that might be the case <laughs> if it's your rooster, but I had some neighbors that had roosters, and it wasn't that beautiful of a thing. Well, we are going to do some daybreak devotions today. We appreciate a little feedback we got yesterday. From uh, from some some of our listeners, and you know who you are. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, we we hope that uh, that we can do something each and every day that'll be a blessing to you, as we continue the tradition of what was mid morning manna for so many years. And it's good to be with you today. We're going to be looking at Psalm ninety one. Psalm ninety one. I don't know. I have my Bible open to Psalm ninety three again. We spent some time in that today on several occasions. But we're in Psalm ninety one. And really just following on with the first week of the new year, the idea of bringing into our lives some thoughts about how we can, um, what do we do to build our spiritual resilience uh, this year? But really, I don't think you can build spiritual resilience without also building your mental and physical. I mean, because where God dwells in our heart, in our deep heart, I mean, that that's where life flows out everywhere. I wish I had brought it in here. There was a great devotion that popped up on, on in my email today from the Henry Nowen Society in which he talked about how the heart is the center of everything. I, I didn't even think about it. I would have brought that in and shared it. But they used at the end of that Proverbs 4.23, you know, keep thine heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Out of the heart flows the life of everything else. So if we learn to take care of our heart, our spirit, our deep inner man, you know, our overall being is just going to be better. And I don't know what kind of what kind of goals have you set for yourself this new year. You got any re- resolutions? Resolutions or resolutions? Well, one thing that I am looking to do, and I've I've got it actually with me here now. I I dabbled through journaling last year. I was not as um, was not as efficient, and and uh, the the word I'm looking for. I didn't have the stickability. I, there's a fancy word; it's gone. But I didn't stay with it as much as I would have liked to have throughout the course of the year. And one of the other diligence, things, persistence, yeah, yeah cons- diligence and persistence, yeah, consistency, all those that things, was, yeah. And uh, one of the things that I identify with that was, first of all, I had too many different things that I was that I was trying to accomplish, and so I now have a, a journal solely for my my Sunday and, and Wednesday sermon notes. And I have a journal that I leave in my backpack for, I call that like my, my, my wilderness or my uh, adventures reflections type journal. But I've got the one that I use for my, my morning time that I'm going to be more diligent in this year. But I've decided, you know what, I want to start carrying that with me, you know, wherever I'm at, at the office, 
um, you know, in the vehicle, stuff like that, to try, try to have that on my person more. Because there's a lot of times where something that I read in the morning, I would think about it again, one, two o'clock in the afternoon, and be like, oh, man, I would love to be able to write that down, but I wouldn't have that book. And so I would jot it down on a scrap piece of paper, and it would never get transferred over. And so there's a lot of that stuff that's out there somewhere. Somewhere out there in the... The wild blue yonder. Cosmos. Exactly. Well, what you bring out there is a is an issue that we can address today. Really, what we are addressing, consistency in our disciplines. New Year's is a time where we start thinking about things like, how how what do I need to change? What do I need to improve? There are some things that just need to get out of my life and some things I need to anchor in on uh, and, and really try to be more solid with because they work. They're important. Well, again, nowhere is that more important than in our spiritual life. So Psalm 91, what I'm going to do, I'm not going to read the whole psalm, but I want to read some uh, key verses here that will bring out, I guess, the the these just four primary actions that this psalm is inviting us into. In other words, Psalm 91 is pretty well known for the these great promises it gives that you know God's going to protect us. Um, you know, though the uh, arrow flies by, excuse me, the terror by night, the arrow flying by day in verse 5, you know, God's going to keep over us, a thousand will fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand. So there's some great promises in here, which we spent some time on this past Sunday trying to learn a little bit about what is that saying to me and how do I apply that in my life. But in this great psalm, there are four verses that speak to action on our part. One thing that we have to emphasize over and over again it is all by grace. What, what, we, what we do, what we accomplish, if I can walk close to Christ, if I can have a, a song, a song, if I can have a solid walk with the Lord, it's by grace. But there is effort on my part that goes into that. And as our uh, good friend Dallas Willard says, grace is not opposed to effort, it's only opposed to earning. I don't earn, you know, God gives it all by grace, mm-hmm. but I put forth effort into it. So what are these four verses, and we'll highlight what they're saying to us. Well, number one, Psalm 91 and verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. For our friends who are making notes, Miss Vicki said she was going to make notes, that would be the very first thing. We talk about the four actions that we're going to speak to. I want to be able to abide in the shadow. I guess it just occurred to me, you know what we could call these four things just for continuity here in this discussion? Let's call these our four spiritual resolutions for the year. All right. Now, these may not be everybody's, but I think whatever it is that you're looking to put into practice this year in your your walk with the Lord, they'll fit into these four things in some way. So you can interpret it however. We'll call these our four resolutions. So resolution number one, I want to abide in the shadow of God. I don't have time to talk about that a lot, but just let me say to abide in the shadow of anything means to stay close to it. All right? Second thing, second resolution is found in verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. So the second resolution is to speak faith into our soul. Oh, my goodness. I was reading in uh, the book Resilient again last night. And there's a chapter, you've read it, there's the chapter, maybe eight or so, where it's the title of it is Your Prescription. And he talks about mental resilience in there. Again, something I should have made a note of and brought for today's discussion. But he brought up the importance of speaking truth into our, our own soul because there's so much negativity around us. 
And uh, that's one of the things, again, we talked about it on Sunday, but just learning to, like the psalmist, I will say of the Lord, I'm going to speak this truth into my life. So that's the second resolution, speak faith into to your own soul. Third resolution, verse number nine, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation, and I'll finish the sentence, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. So the third resolution is, I want to make the Lord my shelter. Okay, I, that, that is, I am going to learn how to find in God everything that I need to comfort me, to protect me, to console me. Look, I need, I need you sometimes to tell me, attaboy, preacher, you're doing okay, right? Absolutely. We, we all need that from each other. But my ultimate comforter and counselor is the Lord, and I want to make the Lord my shelter. When the storms come this year, and they will, hey, it's January 4th. You had any storms yet? A couple. All right, so they're coming, and, uh, and, and you know, it's, that's, life's going to have its trouble this year. I want to know how to shelter the Lord. Number four, here's the fourth resolution, and it is found in verse 14. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. So that fourth resolution is I want to, I want to set my love on my Savior. Okay? So just to repeat the four, and, and we'll proceed. Abide in the shadow of the Lord. So stay close to God. Speak faith into our own soul. Learn how to say truth into my life. I need that. Uh, make the Lord our shelter. I'm going to let God be my comforter, my strength, my protector, and then I want to set my love on the Savior all year long. So those are our four spiritual resolutions uh, that we're going to work off of here. I think I just wanted to speak to, for me, out of those four, the one that it's not been the most foreign, uh, but maybe the, the, the least emphasized, has been that second one, that speaking faith into our soul. And that has been an amazing thing for me over the last couple of years just to there 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 will come lies uh, deceits things that the enemy will put into my mind and and I'll get frustrated and, and I'll start making some assumptions on things but just to stop in that moment and and to speak and say no god you are good you have not forgotten me you have not forsaken me there is purpose to this you have promised to to bring me safely through this, and I'm going to choose to trust to keep my focus on you and to trust you because in all things you are good. And just those few seconds, it doesn't take away the attack, it doesn't take away the assault, it doesn't take away the the problem that I'm in where the assumptions are being made. But it's like it helps to redirect the focus of, okay, there's a reason for this. Let me see through the fog and see through the lies and get to the heart of what's happening. So that is absolutely a critical thing. And have you found this to be true? As you have learned to practice that in your own life, to speak faith into your life and to speak truth into your own soul, have you found that it's also now become easier to do it for others, to speak into their soul? Yes, yes. And I, and I look especially um, in the lives of my children, something that, that my wife and I have both tried to do is, is, to, is to speak that kind of language my daughter is eight years old, my son is five, and then um, our youngest is getting ready to turn two next month. But especially for the older two, they'll ask questions and they won't understand things or why does so-and-so do this or why is this? And the ability to be able to speak and to remind and say, hey, guys, you got to remember, Jesus loves us. 
He has always been good to us. And so, yes, this might be a negative thing right now, and we might not understand this. We might not like this, but we got to remember how good God is and how much God loves us. And then there have been a couple of times where I have seen my children then turn around and say, oh, yeah, I learned about this in Sunday school, or they'll start singing a song praising the Lord that they learned from somewhere. And, and to be able to watch the way the conversation shifts has been, has been extraordinary. Yeah, when I, as I get better and better at reminding myself, and it might be quoting scripture, or it might be just reminding myself of just truth, like, you know what, your heart is good. Mm-hmm. You are you are a friend of God. You love God, and you love the people. And so, uh, it, it as I have gotten uh, better at doing that, it's made it easier for me to then go to others and say, hey, you know what, your heart is good. As I get in that conversational way in my spirit with the spirit, it's just easier to talk with other people from a spiritual place. I mean, yes. I, I, you know, you, me, we've all been there before. But I, if I go back 15 years, it was a lot easier to talk spiritual things when I'm preaching or teaching, or when we just really got somewhere and it sort of rose and we got into something. And a lot of times it might have been based on a debate of theology. Yeah. Now it's just conversation. I mean, we're, we've gotten into a conversational place with God, and therefore we can have conversations about God with each other. Yep. The more that I learn, okay, this is what I need to hear from God, and this is what I need to hear myself say back to God, well, if I need that, pretty good chance that somebody else needs those exact same things. They need to hear that from God. They need to hear somebody say that to them about God. And so it's not it's not weird or artificial or... You know, a three-step process to, you know, making you feel better for God. It's just, it's just life. It's yep. part of who we are. It's, it's who we are. It's our, it's our DNA. Yes. The spiritual level. Now, I, since you brought up number two being very important to you, I think for me, looking at that list, what catches my eye as you caused me to reflect is that first one, the word abide. Now, the reason I say that, that's a pace thing, and as you, you've been hearing me talk about, that's something I've got to work on in my life. As a, as a man, just my very nature is to to move, 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 and go, go, go. And I don't want that to sound like, boy, he's a mover and a shaker. I just mean sometimes I don't, I don't take time like I should. Yeah. I don't take the time that's needed. I need to slow down. I need to take more time with the people that I truly love. Like I care for, for these people, but, you know, I can't speak faith into their soul unless I take time to be with them. And so for me, that's going to be a big one this year. Is to think about what what do I how do I slow down long enough to really abide in a place that I can be near God because when I'm close to God I'm going to be much better to the people that I I love and I'm called to minister to. So with that being said, let's talk about a few things that uh, we we kind of have in a list here and that that will help us. In other words, these are our four resolutions. Now let's talk about I think we got six disciplines here that we could put into practice to help us live in these resolutions and be successful this year. Now, I will say right up front, this is a list that, well, pretty much it's a list I compiled. Um, you may have other things. The listeners will have other things. There are, there are things that will work in your life, and you will take these and, again, interpret them into your life, how will it apply best. But just six things. Now, these are not coming straight out of this text or anything. But if I want to live to these four resolutions, what are some things that I can do and I need to put into practice as daily disciplines in my life? And number one and priority will always be our prayer time. And specifically, I, I mentioned this or I wrote it down as morning, noon, and evening prayer. 
One, I wrote it that way because that's kind of a scriptural presentation as Psalm 55, 17. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. But I also wrote it that way because for me, that is a specific way to work on improving my life of prayer. This is not praying without ceasing. In other words, there is a way, and I'm going to talk about that at the end, uh, practicing the presence of God. But this is that specific time of solitude and silence where you shut everything else out and you just spend time with God. And I really want to get better at making that a, a three-course thing mm-hmm. every every day. Morning prayer, it's great. Man, I could spend an hour and a half, two hours easy there. And please don't don't think, oh, there's a man that's on his knees for two hours every day. That is not what I said. I spend time with the Lord every morning, and that part is easy for me. I'm a morning person. Some of you are not, you know, which you mean you might not be listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh but I want that evening prayer. You know, I had the conversation with my wife the other day. I really this year want to get that more consistent in my life. And so what I've done is I've in my in the bedroom, I have placed two uh, books that I want to read in each evening just to generate my thoughts, and I want to keep my journal there to capture some reflections on the day. Simple things like that. But however, whichever area you're trying to do, uh, my encouragement has been to people, try to try to make it 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, Some people say, well, I'm going to go out, I'm going to spend an hour. You've never done it before, but you're going to start spending an hour every morning with God, and, and that might work well, but some of you might struggle with that and you feel discouraged, but at least try to make a goal of 15 minutes. Don't make it too small. I mean, I said the other day, sometimes it takes me 10 minutes just to get myself alert enough into the presence yep. of God. But what do you? how would a person go about it? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think where, where my mind goes, these are three different types of prayer as well. Morning prayer, you're typically starting your day. You're able to enter into that, that quiet, that solitude a little bit more. You've not been distracted and bombarded by everything that's going on just yet. And so I think you're. I think it's easier to get singularly focused. Your noontime prayer, you are in the heat of the day. You're right smack in the middle of all of the chaos, all the pandemonium. That's a great redirective prayer, a time to just, okay, Lord, I've been busy. I've been engaged. I need to refocus and redirect my heart back onto you. And then as you mentioned, that evening prayer is a great reflective prayer. It's a time just to, to take inventory Okay, Lord, I spent this day with you. What were the successes? What were the failures? What were the things I need to improve on? What are the golden takeaways that I need to latch onto that are going to help me with tomorrow? And full disclosure, I am evening prayer. I don't even know that I, I could even say I've got any kind of yeah establishment. I, I'm I am ground zero with that one. But I, you know, as we're talking and hearing it, the value of that is. Tremendous. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody say recently, and I don't know who it was, and I know we got to move on with our time, but how you end your day will say will say a lot or, or mean a lot into how you start the next morning, what you go to sleep with, what's mm-hmm. in your heart and mind as you fall asleep. And so anything we can do to try to center ourselves back on God in that last little bit before sleep. I will move qu- quickly through a, a couple of these for sake of time. The second thing I wrote down is participatory worship. Now, that's a hard word to say. And maybe there's another word I should have thought to use in there, but active worship during your day. In other words, uh, what can you bring into your daily life on a regular basis that will help you actively worship God throughout your day? So you're not waiting just on Sunday or Wednesday. And, of course, we think about music, and that's certainly a right way to think. 
But even Paul writes in Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. The thing I want to say about that is the worship that's coming with these songs and the, you know, the praise starts with the word of God saturating our soul, which connects it back to that morning prayer time and that noon prayer time and so forth. But what I would recommend to people is make sure you get a good playlist or some CDs uh, that you keep in your car or at your office or in the kitchen where you're doing your chores that you can listen to the kind of music that calls your heart back to God. Be careful not to get into the shallow fluffing stuff that's just a mm-hmm. rhyming words with a beat to it. But get the stuff that calls your heart back into God and then offer that to the Lord uh, as a form of worship to him as you sing and as you reflect on him during the course of the singing. I'm going to jump to the third thing real quickly is and in, in get get involved in genuine Christian fellowship. And I'll hit that one really fast. We go to church, right? Yep. We have friends in church. There are people that we hang out with and we watch ball games with or we might get lunch with. All those things are fine. But you also you've got to have a core group of people and this won't be a big group. It's going to be small, but a core group of people that you can be honest and open with and accountable to in which, as Acts 4.32 describes, people that are of one heart and of one soul. They are just knit together, just David-Jonathan type people. Everybody needs that. If you're going to practice these four spiritual resolutions, you need that type of camaraderie and accountability in your life. Yeah, because without it, you need somebody that's going to speak the tough truth to you, but to speak it in love but then that are also going to speak encouragement and affirmation into you and it not just be the cheap, fluffy, I love you, brother, you're doing a good job. Like You need something with substance. You need something with meaning, meaningfulness. And that comes from these, these right kind of friendships because your friends that are actually your friends are, are motivating you and propelling you closer to God. Mm-hmm. And, and they're keeping you in check. But they're side by side with you in the trenches as well. And so when you're going through things, they may not be going through it exactly, but you know they're right beside you and, and they are as close to you in that valley as they can get. And, and that's why we all need that. Who do you call at 3 a.m.? Yep. That's, that's the kind of people we're talking about. And you call them knowing that they're going to answer the phone and respond. Now, I got to admit, you call me at 3 a.m., I might not know you called me, but... <laughs> Call me at four, I'll probably know. But if I come to your house and knock on the door in a panic and need you. Hey, I'm there for yeah. you. I'm there for you, bro. Uh, so uh, the the next thing we wanted to mention was become a reader of spiritual books. And uh, that's a, that's an imp- now, again, a lot of people are going to say, well, I'm not much of a reader. And I say, don't accept that. Don't, don't take about yourself, I'm just not a reader. Become a reader. And you don't have to tackle big theology textbooks. Talk to some readers to get recommendations off what would be some good books to break in on. We're not talking you have to read 50 pages a day. I mean, spend a few minutes reading. I I believe this about it. I believe if you will diligently practice it for a a couple of weeks or or a month, if you'll just stay with it, I believe you will become more of a reader than you think you are. Absolutely, especially if you're choosing the right stuff. And that's why it's so important. Don't just pick a book off a shelf because, all right, this is a book about God, so let me— What's the harm that could happen? Do do some research, like you said. Get some recommendations. This is what I'm going through right now. Hey, this is a great book for that. He's an easy read. He's got some great truth. Because as your heart opens up and you get some help, 
it's a whole lot easier to crack that book back open and, and dive in again. Well, this next one you've already spoken to a little bit, journaling. And uh, so having said that, we will just touch on it this way. When I think about journaling, I think about what Jesus said in Matthew 12, 35. He said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. And when you sit down with a journal uh, before God, that's what you're after. What are the things that God is putting into your good heart? There are treasures in there that need to come out. This taps into so many of these other things. Journaling, for me, taps into my morning, noon, and evening prayer. Okay, I wanna, I'm going to use my journal there. I'm capturing thoughts. But it also taps into my worship. There's a lot of times I will pull out an old journal during a time during the day when I'm taking a pause, and I'll read something that I wrote maybe three or four years ago, and it just like brings me life. Mm-hmm. It also allows me then to work with my genuine Christian fellowship in that I'm sharing with you from my journal things that I've been learning, and you're doing the same thing. So journaling can be a very helpful thing. There is an unbelievable amount of help in this practice. Just think about journaling like this. There are no rules about it. You don't have to do it a certain way, but you're just sitting before the Lord, and as you open up your heart in his presence, you begin to express yourself on page. A lot of people have told me in the last few months how it's helped them to start this practice. They're writing out prayers, you know, just writing your prayer. Sometimes we have a hard time praying. But, you know, when I, when I just sit down and I just begin to write, Lord, and I just say what I'm thinking— Boy, prayers come out, and they don't have to be long. We're talking to maybe a paragraph or two of a prayer, and I feel like, man, God, I just gave you my heart, and I know you received that. And then later in the day, I might go back and reread that, or the next morning I might read what I wrote yesterday. Very important. The last thing is practicing the presence of God. Now, here's what we're going to have to do with that because our time's up, and it is a big topic. Yeah. So what we can do is leave that one on your list today, and we're going to come back and talk about what does it mean to practice the presence of God and maybe tie all these things in together on tomorrow's broadcast. And we thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com. 